he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. Take time right now to like and subscribe. You'll want to do that. I'm Anthony Bolotta. I'm here as I am every week with the one and only Alex Postalidis. Hi, Alex. Hello. I love it. It never gets old how you say my last name. I I love love saying it. It's fun. It's, It's definitely fun, 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 fun for me. All Thank those, you. all those syllables. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I had to spell it for somebody the other day and they looked at me like, are you ever going to be done? <laughs> anyway, I've seen I longer. Digress. I've seen longer. Yes, yes. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, I yeah. love you. God, uh, I love you. It's a good thing someone does. <laughs> all I can say. <laughs> We have a really fantastic guest with us today. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring her on. Absolutely. So she began Brick House Dance Productions, which is a grassroots entertainment company back in 2016. And um, she, I just learned this about her. She started her career in hospitality and uh, hospitality and events. So launching an entertainment company became was just very natural for her. And, you know, she, having worked with her, she truly understands the need for diversity and can create custom performances to fit just about every single theme out there from Gatsby to hip hop and everything in between. Her dancers have been featured on such shows as NBC's World of Dance and have performed at California's major theme parks. She knows how to network and build on relationships and doesn't look at downtime as a negative, but rather an opportunity to create. So she, I'm getting goosebumps because she's an inspiration to me. Please welcome the beautiful, <laughs> the talented, and the oh-so-savvy, Miss Jacqueline Cooligan. Oh my God, that was quite a welcome. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm so humbled and I, I really appreciate it. Well, I concur. I have to concur completely. And uh, truth be told, Jacqueline and I don't really know each other all that well. Uh, She's had the opportunity to work with Alex and D'Angelo and the team more than we have had. But I have heard nothing but incredible feedback about Jacqueline. And that's why we wanted to have you on today, because it's not easy doing what you do. And yet I have to say, having done it myself, Jacqueline, I don't know if you know that about me, but I actually started in this industry as a dancer. Wow, nice. Okay. I know, I know how difficult it is mm-hmm. uh, and how un, uh, what's the word I'm looking unappreciated it can be dancing at events. So I'm so glad you're with us because you're going to help people understand everything that goes behind a dance performance and why it is so important to get it right. Um, so how about we start with, uh, before we even get into that, because I want to get you a little warmed up, 
That's what dancers do before they perform, <laughs> right? How about we do a little 10 quick questions? 10 quick questions? Yay! <laughs> Here we go. First question. Who's your favorite singer? Oh my goodness. Just one. My favorite singer. One! Okay. I don't know. I guess... Um... This is a quick question. Okay, Sting. Sting! Ooh, oh, that's, that's surprising. I love it. Wow, I love it too. What's one activity you lose track of time doing? Interior design. Oh, come over. Why does your nose run and your feet smell? I haven't showered because I work from home. Good for you. I didn't mean that personally. Do you cry? <laughs> More than I'd like to admit. Oh, so do I. Don't tell anyone. It's what? It is. It, it is, is healthy, yes. It feels good afterward. What is your favorite Broadway show? 42nd Street. 42nd Street. Okay. Do you, uh, I already asked yet. How long do you take in the shower? I'm quick. Maybe uh, 10 minutes. I like that answer. So does the state of California. <laughs> Have you ever skinny dipped in the ocean? Not in the ocean. Oh. <laughs> that deserves a follow-up question, but I won't ask it. What takeout food do you order most? Food. That's my girl. What's the item on your to-do list that you never get to? Changing my brake lights. Oh, you better get that done. What's the first letter of your go-to curse word? F. F. That's four Fs. Mm -hmm. How do you feel now? Are you warmed up? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Why? That was fun. That was fun. Don't Why be embarrassed. My nose right in my feet smelled <clears throat> that. That really threw me off. <laughs> I love Honey, we're, we're, we're all from home, so none of us are showered. You're fine. <laughs> right. Right. So, so tell us, tell us exactly what it is Brickhouse Productions does. So I would say the elevator pitch is Brickhouse uh, creates themed entertainment for corporate and social events. We basically specialize in choreographed dance productions to enhance event themes and really bring up the ambiance of an event, create those wow moments that guests will remember. And how many dancers do you have in your, uh, in your uh, company? Currently there's 30 dancers on our talent roster. Yowza. Wow. 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 And, and what, go ahead. I was saying you started with like three, right? I started with three. I could barely get a total cast of five in the first year. Wow. Wow. Uh, and you're a dancer yourself. I was one of the original three. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what led you to start this company? Um, so I, I grew up dancing and even as a, as a young girl on the playground was choreographing and doing performances. Oh, you're that girl. I was casting on the playground at like nine years old and people were auditioning for my talent shows. So this, was just, I, this was just something that was innately, wow. you know, I was born with, I guess. I just, I couldn't deny it. And after high school, I took a hiatus from dance until I was 32. I was working the events world uh, at the Hotel Palomar and Culture Shock was my client. 
and oh, came, yeah. And they came with their uh, a gala that I helped them coordinate through becoming friends with Angie and Bridget, who at that time was a studio manager. Uh-huh. I started taking class again. And I mean, again, this is more than a decade or if not longer that I had not danced. So through that, I was doing their recitals. They're, they're, they had two recitals a year. And I just thought to myself, there has to be more than this. Um, is this really it, you know, as far as opportunities for performances? And so I came up with those. I was teaching burlesque classes. I started teaching on my own. I was teaching little burlesque classes on the side. And I just had this passion to perform. I really wanted to do more performances. And uh, I got in touch with some local DJs at some clubs. And our first performances were at Bar Pink in North Park, unpaid. Mm -hmm. Just three of us ladies doing Motown Monday dance performances. Um, It was really nothing. But yeah, I guess I just wanted to create more opportunities for dancers to be featured and perform. If you don't mind, I'd love to ask you a little bit more about that because, you know, uh, so many of us have dreams about starting a company or starting something new and, and, and doing it full time, right? That means making money doing it. But we don't want to take the first steps because it does sometimes feel like you have to go backwards to go forwards, which is right, what, which is what you had to do by doing Motown Mondays for free. Yes. And I think that um, Brickhouse kind of happened by luck. I didn't go into it with the intention of monetizing. So I think that's where, because if I did, if it was about creating a business, it probably would have never happened because mm-hmm. I'm such a perfectionist. If I went in with a business mindset, it would have never happened. I truly did it for the passion of performance with no intention of getting paid. Um, and, and Brickhouse happened by accident where one of my friends who's also in the dance industry, her now husband is an event planner and he needed three dancers for a charity gala. And she, and I came to mind cause she saw these little gigs that I was doing for fun. And when she told me their budget, I was like, this is a thing. I'm already in the event industry. I was already an event planner. And that, so just having someone offer me, you know, a, and it was a, a good, decent amount of money. Um, I thought, okay, there's an opportunity here. And I kind of ran with it. And that's how it happened. Yeah. There are no accidents though. So it was, it's divine providence. You're meant to do this. Yeah. I will say if I could go a little deeper on that story really quick. Please, please do. Um, I had paid for uh, one of my, uh, this dancer that I absolutely admire. Her name is Brenda Cole. I had paid for her to come down from LA, do our hair, makeup, pose coach us and wardrobe stylist for a photo shoot. And the photo shoot was $1,700. And that's exactly while I was in the chair getting my makeup done, what this lady texted me and said, I will offer you $1,700 to perform. Wow. In that moment, it was exact to the dollar amount. And I was like, wow. Yeah, it was really cosmic for sure. Yeah. So when did that happen? And how long have you had Brick House? That happened in 2016. And so it's about six years now. It'll be six years in November. And what is the, so it'll be six years in November. What has been the, the, the biggest challenge you've had other than COVID? Because that's been like a remarkable challenge. Um, other than that, in, in running a business of, of dancers, basically. Yeah. 
I think the biggest challenge is uh, gig life, the inconsistency with gig life, mm -hmm. which I wasn't used to being, you know, in the, in the corporate events role for over a decade. Mm -hmm. used to that steady paycheck. So it's that constant, here we go. This is really happening. Oh, no, maybe this is a mistake. No, no, this is good. Keep at it. Okay. Right. Where are the bookings? Right. So I'm now I've done it long enough where I know, okay, it's going to pick up again. It always does. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that is the biggest challenge because if, if my head's not in the game, then the whole team suffers. So getting my, my mental on point where I continue to believe in what we're doing and stay the course. Does it impact um, the ability you have to book dancers as well? You have a a nice roster of dancers so it would seem that it's pretty easy to cast shows from 30 dancers but do you have issues or troubles or Honestly, challenges there's such a large dance community in san diego that there's i never had an issue with casting i mean we had a gig one time where it, we already had 20 dancers on the stage and the day before the event they said they wanted 24 more dancers in the crowd and I was able to cast 24 dancers in 24 hours. Wow. So, <laughs> there is, there is a lot of talent here. A mm -hmm. lot of talent here. Wow. Now you also had a really bad experience. Yes. At oh least, my God. at least once. And I think it bears um, talking about on the, on this program, because I think it's a, uh, a, a problem that, other people have experienced mm -hmm. and it's due i think from lack of education and understanding so why don't you tell us about do you remember do you know what it is what we're, we're referring to i do and honestly it's the only bad experience we've had it was a nightmare well when one nightmare is worth a a, a dozen you know semi-bad experiences one nightmare is all you need so what happened so we got a, a 72-hour booking so it was really last minute at the convention center. <clears throat> and it was through an agency, the same agency that had asked for those 24 dancers in one day. And that whole experience went great. But this time around, um, they asked for two sets and I sent them the videos ahead of time of what we perform, just a generic performance to California girls. What By generic, I mean just commercial pop. You know, it wasn't very themed. It was just something fun. And I sent them the videos, which had the wardrobe. And when we got there, we were doing tech rehearsal in our first costume. And immediately there was a whole situation where one of the event planners was talking and the client was upset and there was all this drama and negative energy. And I didn't know what was going on. And they approached me and said, the client doesn't like this, this, this choreography. This is too sexy. Um, and these costumes have to have to be changed. What else do you have? And we got to change them. And I completely freaked out because doors were opening in 30 minutes and we hadn't had a proper tech rehearsal. And so and we now this. Up, I'm sorry. And now this, right. And now this. Luckily, we had a second look for the 80s performance. So we ended up changing into that. But doing that costume change cost us tech. Right. And we had to change. It was just two little moves, you know, a little booty roll. It wasn't anything. It was, in my opinion, very PG-13, but still too much for this group. And uh, the client never saw the video. So the agency never got those videos to the client to approve, uh. <laughs> which was, you know, an error there. Um, so we made it happen, but it definitely wasn't 
our best performance because of course the dancers were pretty frazzled um and yeah. we, we didn't feel grounded going out there right well you didn't get a proper rehearsal and i think um that's that's something i'd love to mention now the need for an on-site rehearsal especially for a dance company Definitely. right so what are some of the things that you you hope to accomplish at an on-site rehearsal Oh, especially with staging is so important. If we're performing on stage, we had a girl fall off the stage during tech and twist her ankle. (laughs) She was okay, but she couldn't end up doing the performance, but better have it done done in tech than in the actual performance, right? right? So that's where we figure out all the kinks. We've had stages where there's a podium front and center that we didn't know was going to be there or decor plants, different things on stage that we have to work around, if there's stairs, if there's wings. So there's so much uh, that goes into those logistics as, as a dance team. Mm-hmm. And if it's on a dance floor, you know, it could be that we're just performing on concrete. Maybe it's at an outdoor event and it's right. not a real dance floor. So that'll affect the, the grip on the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these things really play a factor into the performance level for sure. Mm. Yes, and um, I think some of the things that I've dealt with are exactly what you're talking about where dance is concerned. Uh, The inability to understand that the stage needs to be cleared, that you have a company that's coming in that needs a certain amount of space to make it work for safety as well as for the artistic reasons. And uh, the rehearsal and the flooring is so very, very important. I remember having fight fights with designers and I don't like to fight, but because of the flooring pre-show, when I spec something and say, because of the, the choreography, we'll need a Marley floor or we'll need a real dance floor, not, uh, you know, not concrete or, or just risers with nothing on them um, and having arguments. This is way back when, when it was just so hard to get people to and producers to understand this is what's needed to make it work it's not people being divas it's no it's a safety issue when right. you have you have a riser and there's a gap or you have marley down and it's not laid right and there's a bump all right. of these things they seem inconsequential incon- in- but it's safety yeah yeah you know or we've had performance before there's like a confetti cannon that goes on right before we come right. on <laughs> And then they want us to dance on top of that. Like, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. Right. It's all of those things that uh, the the professional planner should understand when they're booking a dance act, that there are certain logistics that need to be followed. How much educating are you feeling you have to do with clients these days, Jacqueline? Do you have to specify everything out and make sure they understand? Or do you feel like most of them sort of get it? I, it definitely depends. Um, obviously, when you're working with agencies or corporate clients, most of the time they know. It's those social events like weddings, mitzvahs, things like that, where, um, or even the company holiday party where HR is planning. So mm-hmm. it's like the one event they maybe do a year. Um, so I still find myself needing to educate I mean, it could be something so simple, like we're performing during band breaks, meaning people have already accessed the dance floor and now there's cocktails spilled and drinks and 
we're going on a band break. And so, um, but I feel like I'm pretty clear with the client in terms of what we need. But I'm learning that sometimes I have to really double check for sure. Have you ever had to at the last minute say, we can't do this on this surface? I have gotten to my own assertive conversations. <laughs> I won't call them our fights, but um, where, yeah, like this podium, absolutely 150%, I'm sorry, has to go. Like you need to get the AV team here. This is non-negotiable. So I've definitely had those moments where we've squared off and people have been inconvenienced, but it just, that's just the way it is. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can imagine that's the case. Uh, and it's interesting that you say AV teams have to be called. That means that the AV team isn't already there, that somebody isn't on site, but is somewhere else on the property or maybe not. Uh, but that those are difficult conversations to have because you want to you want to be accommodating, you want to make it work. You certainly don't want to walk in and say, everything needs to change for us. That's not, that's not the, that's not what we're looking for here. Right. But, but you have to make sure that it's right. And educating people and getting them to understand without upsetting the apple cart is not always the easiest thing to do. What about backstage and getting the green room space you need, uh, you know, a, a clothing rack, a mirror, how, how difficult is that? Do you carry your own now? We, we're pretty lucky in terms of green rooms, but the dancers are just so, we're such a humble team. I mean, we really have no divas here. So we have gotten changed in back kitchen areas and room closets and sometimes spaces just don't have a green room sometimes it's just a curtain backstage um so we're pretty flexible and we like to figure that all out ahead of time i would say 90 percent of our call times are at my place and we all get ready here and then we carpool so we all arrive together mm. um but i mean whenever there's a green room i always always ask for one i mean it just makes our, our lives a lot easier for sure especially if there's multiple performances. And do you meet at your house and, and go together as a safety precaution? Is that something that you do just to assure that everybody gets there? It's it's honestly because I'm such a perfectionist. Sometimes I'm not at all the gigs and I just want to look over the team one more time before they leave and make sure everything looks perfect. Um, and also it's for logistical reasons. Some of these hotels and venues between the parking lot and the uh -huh. lobby areas and all the elevators, it gets so confusing and um, stressful. So it's better not to even go through that when you get to a gig and just relax and come as a team and already be together and get to the green room together. I, I admire that, that uh, protocol. I think you're so spot on. You you alleviate a lot of concern and a lot of risk by having them travel together uh, and getting to the site together, finding the room together. Uh, yeah, and the safety, just getting back, you know, in and out of the car, that too, right? Because I, I remember that being in a dance company, uh, the one 
challenge that I had was if somebody didn't make it to the site or didn't show up. And that was always the concern. And the larger the cast, the larger the concern, right? The bigger the concern that somebody isn't going to make it. Uh, that was always sort of the bane of my my existence when I was. And I've, I've had that happen. Against. I had a 9 a.m. opening session and call time was at my place at 7.30. I'm always super early with the team. And one of the people, one of the dancers slept in, she didn't make it. And this was really unlike her, but I allowed, I was able to have that window. And surprisingly, I was able to recast that morning. One of my other dancers came from Chula Vista to the Hard Rock Hotel, learned the set on site and did the performance. But having the call time at my place first and gathering all the dancers and making sure we're all together made me realize someone's missing and I know it already. So I could. Right. Yeah. Good for you. Um, you yeah, know, because, a, because it's part of the gig economy, mm -hmm. you know, this, you said it earlier. I mean, all of that is part of it when you're not, when your body isn't, uh, you know, registering, it's a certain time I have to get up every morning. I get up that same time, you know, it's easy to miss something like this and you're so on the ball that you're able to catch it before the client even recognizes that there's an issue. How much of that do you feel you're doing? I do that all the time. That's it, isn't it? All the time. And my event planning background definitely comes in clutch with these situations um, because I'm a natural planner. I think I'm always thinking ahead and that's been my whole career. So it really is advantageous with the kind of work I do now with Brick House and gigging. Okay, so question for you. As a as a planner who is now a vendor, what are some of the things that you anticipate other than what we just talked about that you know the planner is going to be concerned about or thinking about? Not as a dancer, but as a planner, owning a dance as company. As a planner, I feel like they're going to be they're going to be concerned about timeliness, reliability, mm -hmm. uh, appropriateness of the performance, making sure that it is in alignment with the crowd and the audience, as far as like the theme, um, the sex appeal, how conservative it has to be. Um, they're going to want to make sure that we all behave professionally on site, that we only go to places where we're supposed to go, like the back door to the green room and not cut through the cocktail reception, especially for a surprise performance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a pretty straightforward that all of our AV needs are met. They're, they're prepared for us with music and lighting and um, yeah, that we're, we're aware of the, aware of the timeline of the night. I have to say, I think no. those, those are the nuances that, make you so successful in this industry because you uh, you you put yourself in their shoes and you're anticipating what it is that's going to upset them or make them nervous and you're avoiding that all together and being there on time ready to go uh it's one thing i learned in this industry it's it's really not so much about talent it's about everything else and it sounds like you get that in spades and being so flexible on site you know, I, I don't, I know when I'm working with you, I never have to worry if there's a last minute change that none of us are expecting. You don't get rattled. No. You just go with it. I'm a yes person. We'll yep. make it happen. 
you have to have that attitude for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, you absolutely do. So what's what's happening now for Brickhouse? What are you working on now? Oh, we have so many fun gigs coming up. I'm so excited. Um, so while we're doing a, a couple with you guys, we're doing a black and white ball, which I'm really excited about. We also have this fun jungle disco themed performance, and it's a marketing gig um, for an offsite for a convention at the Andaz Hotel. Really excited about that one because they're okay with us being just a little sexy. And a lot of times we have to keep it very PG, which we can do, but the ladies love to, you know, just be a little sassier sometimes. Uh, we are performing at the Estancia for their Halloween party, which is a public ticketed event that's on Saturday, I believe October 29th. And it's Alice in Wonderland theme. So we're coming up with two brand new sets from scratch, whole new costume, new wardrobe from scratch for that. Uh, yeah. And of course the holiday season's right around the corner. So right. to get really busy. So yeah, some fun stuff coming up for sure. And, uh, is there anything you'd like to promote? Probably just the Halloween party because most of our events are private. It's very uh -huh. clear that we get to perform at a public ticketed event. So definitely the, the Halloween party at the Estancia. We did it last year and it was Bridgerton themed and it was, Ooh. it was amazing. It was so much fun. So we're, we're, we look forward to it. Is it a dinner? It is. It's dinner, cocktails, um, desserts, lots of entertainment, Cirque acts, dancers. Yeah. That sounds lovely. This I is know the it sec is. second year. I love that concept. I, I don't know that any other hotel does that actually has a, you know, a Halloween themed dinner party, which is incredible. Do people come in costumes? to the nines like completely decked out yeah wow wow that sounds fun it does sound fun all right so we have something we call the bolotified five so these are five you know kind of heady questions that we'd like to pose to you to see where you stand on them are you ready yes let's do it all right. So first question, what is your three-legged stool? What are the three tenants you live by? I would say number one, first and foremost, do everything with integrity and authenticity. Mm. That's really what I feel is at front of mind in everything that I do. It's just that it's honest and that I know what my values are and I don't compromise on them. Um, the second one is I aim for minimalist consumption. <laughs> And that's a lifestyle choice I have in, um, you know, actual consumption of goods, consumption of social media, friendships, time. I just like to keep it very simple and my most favorite things, um, yeah, in life. And setting boundaries when needed, which is so important. And that helps me to maintain a minimalist life where- yes. This serves me, this doesn't. I'm going to say no to that and yes to this, or this isn't working for me. And it's definitely something that's new for me in the last probably three years of my life. Didn't really know much about that in my earlier years. Is it working out? <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds. Go ahead. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say it's, it, it, there's an element of fear with that. And because it's not easy to say no and live within that tenant. So how did you overcome that fear? Um, 
I just kind of got to a place where it wasn't worth the anxiety that I was putting on myself to make everyone happy all the time. I was tired of living with like discomfort and abandoning my needs to make others happy. Mm. And it's hard too, because as an event mm -hmm. planner, your job, and even in my business, my job is to say yes, yes, yes. Have, like I, I just said that five minutes ago, have a yes attitude. But when I'm not at work, that goes out the window and it's all about me and what I need. And um, it, and you, you can assert your boundaries in a respectful way. And so far I haven't had any pushback and I respect other people's boundaries of me. And I accept people telling me no. And so it's a two way street. Yes. it's awesome. I was going to ask you about pushback. So thank you for mentioning that because I think that would, that's the part that, mm -hmm. you know, the pressure that, we all fold under. And so it is really impressive that you're able to keep a minimalist consumer approach to everything in life, because what it says is you value time and, and peace and space. And you have to give that to yourself because nobody else will. And it's not because they don't love you or care about you, you know, on the contrary, they want you because they love you and care about you. So Good for you. That's a, that's a hard one. You'll have to come and give us some lessons on that one. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I feel like post-pandemic, people are a little bit more compassionate towards people's boundaries mm -hmm. now, especially. Well, they're definitely more compassionate about their own boundaries, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one daily habit that you have that you strongly believe contributes to your success? So my answer is probably not what people would think, but I would say going outside and being in nature. I sound like such a hippie. <laughs> um, it's so important. I love that you said that. Yeah, I definitely wasn't always that way. I was always glued to my laptop, glued to the computer, glued to the phone. Um, but we can't get inspired if we're constantly distracted and I'm in a creative field. So allowing boredom, allowing solitude and silence is how I feel I'm best able to connect with my intuition and my creativity. Um, so I would say moments of pause where not walking my dog with headphones in, but just in silence with my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Or last night, for example, my, my dog and I went to Dog Beach. We watched the sunset. You need those moments to realize how big the world is and to get out of your mm -hmm. own for a minute. And that helps keep me going. That helps keep me fueled. I experienced that yesterday myself, exact, the exact same thing. I forced myself off of the couch, away from the computer, and I said, I'm going to walk these dogs. They want to be walked. I'm going to stop right now. And once I got out there, without a phone, without headsets, just sort of taking in the, finally it cooled off a little bit in taking in the breeze. It was lovely. And, and it grounds you, right? And it makes you feel, it refuels you. It sounds like you've been through the artist way. Do you know that teaching or that it's a, there's a book called the artist way. You know it, you know, it, it I sounds, not finish it, but I do have it. I did my morning pages for a while. I do have that book. Well, yeah, it sounds like, you know, it because you're, <laughs> you're living out some of the lessons in the book. Uh, one of them is to turn off and to, you know, and that's everything. Don't read the paper. Don't listen to the news. Don't watch TV. Don't go on social media so that you can get in touch with yourself. And you do that swimmingly beautifully. That was actually through a book I read. I highly recommend it. It's called Digital Minimalism. Mm. It, it's a great book. And that really changed my perspective on consumption and social media and all of that. 
I we need to that, be teaching this in schools. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to take a, a, it sounds like people are smartening up at how destructive it can really be if you, if it's not monitored and, you know, handled with care, right. if you will. With intention, yeah, definitely. What do you... What are the things you tell yourself when no one is listening? You got this. I have to tell myself that every day. I love it. Uh, you are not alone. And it's okay to be vulnerable and need help. This is the year I've asked for help. I am such a doer. I, am, mm -hmm. I take so much pride in being independent. Um, but this is the first year where I've expanded my team at Brickhouse. So I have an assistant director now. I have a, a marketing operations coordinator and a costume assistant. That has never existed. It's I've always been a one-woman show. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And now I'm getting used to it and I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure. I take that on, go ahead. So being, you know, asking for help, being vulnerable is definitely something I have to allow myself to do every day. We could have a whole show about handling the costumes, honestly, as a business owner. Yeah. Because it's one of those, the show's over, and now you have all these sweaty costumes that you have to deal with and get. And you can't let that wait because you can't let the costumes sit and sweat. You have to get them cleaned and all, you know, that's the, okay. the unglamorous like, part. I, I am experimenting with a new costume policy. The dancers get 50% of their pay upon completion of the gig and the other 50% when they return the costume clean. <laughs> I'm I so love tired. it. I am so tired of cleaning those smelly costumes. Okay. You know, I remember as a dancer screaming, here we go, at people to just hang them up. Just hang your costumes up, please. Don't leave them on the floor. <laughs> dang it, dang, dang. This isn't going to be PC. Um, but this is where vodka is your best friend because it makes one of the best deodorizers without smell. Oh, wow. Oh, you don't know that. That's a theater trick, Anthony. I'm surprised you don't know that. Yeah, because they costume people would come in when I was doing a show and they'd want to use Febreze. I'm like, please do not use Febreze. Please use vodka. And you can deodorize a costume. And there's no, especially if you have a sensitive sniffer, and I do, there's no smell. Wow. And this is a Greek telling us this, Jacqueline, which means it works better than Windex. Works better than Windex. Uh, that could be dangerous for me having a big bottle of vodka in my house. Well, it's a spray bottle, you know. <laughs> it's a spray it's bottle, spray. yeah. You know, that's all. I was doing a show once where just as a favor, and I just went in and I was the dresser and I did. I'm like, I had nothing else going on. So I'll do it for this guy because I was part of his team. And the the act the lead actress just she oh. she got on my last nerve and I went ha <laughs> <laughs> with the vodka with the vodka with the vodka I gave my my mouth a little smell I didn't need to deodorize my tongue there no, you just so. needed a little vodka <laughs> so Jacqueline when's the last time you tried something new so actually uh two weeks ago I salsa danced in my living room and I know that I have a dance background but salsa is not my lane I maybe know like one step and my assistant director he lives in Tijuana and he's an amazing dancer he can do all styles so we had a little hangout and we had so much fun um just 
dancing and letting him lead. Oh, it's so great. I definitely want to do more ballroom because I love the feeling as a female of being led on the mm -hmm. dance floor and someone else making all the decisions for me. And I just follow. It's so great. So, so you salsa in your living room. Yes. Okay. Next time <laughs> invite us over. And Jacqueline, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? I'd say probably 32. Now I'm curious to know how old you are, but you don't have to tell us. I'm just curious. Um, why 32? Um, because I feel like it's an age where you're still very young-minded and resilient with like a lot of hope and not quite bitter. And I feel like that's still who I am, despite like things that I've gone through in life. And you have better aim and clear direction than mm -hmm. when you did in your 20s, right? So I feel like, yeah, most people think I'm in my early 30s, but I'm not. So, um, That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I, I see you as being very young, but that's because I'm very old. <laughs> hey, there's a couple hey, of generations. Stop. So I'm 41. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I would never have guessed that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and are you finding at 41? Thank you for sharing that the effort to keep from getting jaded and bitter is is tenfold that you work harder at it now than you did before um you know what no honestly i'm not trying to be miss positivity or optimism but this year i i am in like a chapter of doing a lot of inner child work for the first time in my life so connecting with that part of me and doing mm -hmm. it there has given me a new outlook on life that is continuing to keep me young and optimistic. Um, yeah, no, I, I still don't, <laughs> I still don't feel bitter about life. Good. I think it's, a, I'm glad to be here every day and um, definitely always look forward to like the next opportunity, the next chapter that's mm -hmm. coming my way. I think my point in asking you that question was, uh, I, I do believe it takes an effort um, and it takes positive thinking and gratitude and and finding the child in yourself and uh, connecting with, with that child, all of those things, uh, because it's so easy to get, uh, to, to become jaded over, over life and mm -hmm. the things that happen, you know, that and sometimes they're unintentional, you know, it's just bad luck, but, um, you know, it's important to, to just sort of glide through those things if you can and stay positive. It sounds like. I honestly feel that I was more bitter in my twenties because, um, mm. I, in my twenties, I was just climbing the corporate ladder in the events world and working in corporate hospitality. And I didn't have anything of my own. I didn't have any a creative outlet. And when dance came back into my life, it changed everything. So it's, it just continues to keep me feeling alive because I love it. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, mm -hmm. hold, hold on to that. I remember when I uh, was a, a younger man, I was probably fresh out of college and I was visiting an aunt of mine in Sarasota who introduced me to an actor who was my age. Now he was a late fifties and uh, he said to me, you have a very positive, warm, 
personality, don't lose that. And at the time, I, I didn't quite get it. But as years rolled by, I understood a bit more what he was talking about, that it's so easy to lose that. Uh, but it's good to know that you are not going to, because you're focusing on the right things. And uh, it's helping your business too, which is why I, I spent so much time on it. We tend to think that it doesn't, but it does because it opens you up to opportunities. It makes you, it, it makes you come across as a positive, open, yes kind of person, which is the way you really have to be in this industry because people are throwing events that are as wild as their imaginations. And you can either be as part of that or not, right? You choose. Uh, if you want to step up and say yes to things, then most likely you will. And if if you can't, then you won't. Right. Yeah, I'm always up for a new challenge. Bring it on. <laughs> and there what are... I love, too, about you is that, I, and you and I have had these conversations on a very, very rare occasion. When it's not maybe in your wheelhouse, you have no qualms about saying, given the time frame, we're not going to be your answer. And I appreciate that because we always want to do best for our clients. And uh, so uh, that kind of honesty is imperative in this world. Thanks. And I think that goes back to, you know, the integrity and authenticity thing. I know our lane and I try not to get um, consumed with like chasing the paycheck. I, I want to make sure that what we're doing is really what we're good at. Yeah. On behalf of all of the planners out there, uh, we appreciate that very, very much. It makes uh, partnering with you that much easier. Uh, so thank you. And thank you for your flexibility, your professionalism, uh, your perfectionism, even though I would say don't harbor on that too much, I would encourage you. But we appreciate it from a production point of view and performance point of view. Any last words? Any Anything else you'd like to share? Thank you so much for having me. That's about it. <laughs> Thank you for, for being with us, for joining us, and for uh, being so wonderful to work with and so professional. Uh, where can people find you? On Instagram, we are at, at brickhouse underscore dance or www.brickhousedanceproductions.com. Thank you for joining us, Jacqueline Hooligan. You. you are cool. Very cool. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. Finally, right. Have yourself a blessed day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening. We had just one little favor to ask you. In our show notes, we put a survey. We'd like to know who you are. Would you mind filling out the survey for us? Just a few short questions, that's all. Thanks. Thanks for listening.